Kung Fu Panda's number one, then School Rock, then Nacho Libre. I would still Nacho put, Libre like, is, I would put is, Tenacious D and then pick a Destiny ahead of, like, Nacho Libre still. I would put, like, that on the same level as, like, Gulliver's Travels or, like, what, like that. Like, because I, I remember did, I did see that no, movie, too. it's not on the same level as Gulliver's Travels. And Goosebumps, and Nacho Libre did well in theaters, and it did very well in DVD sales. It was a cult favorite. It's a cult hit. What about it's Shark Tale? Hit. He was one of the leads in Shark no. Tale, too. No, it does not. Yeah, I'm sorry, it does not. That's Will Smith's. <laughs> movie but you cannot do that you cannot do this to me i was like once again i think it's like i don't know say in terms of quality but like shallow how saving silverman those are all like in the same kind of like level as nacho libre in terms of, in my mind i would say that they are not but one what that's the point of lifestyles of the rich and dead yeah. uh, lifestyles of the rich and dead with red jefferson and aaron coyle look at that did you see this intro i just I, I like it i like it it's nice like i like the little enunciation after my name we need that it's yeah. very official sounding now we're, we're an yeah. official podcast we're an official we're... podcast with official things we're already uh huge stars we're recording this well before it's gonna be aired but we already know within a few weeks we're gonna be pretty big stars i mean we even have a logo getting made up right now like hopefully i don't know we like, have to talk we about texted that. yeah <laughs> We might not have a logo. <laughs> no, I, uh, I thank goodness for Hannah. She just, uh, I was just as she was leaving this morning, I was just like, could you just draw a thing? Just for, and she just drew letters that says "Lifestyles of the Rich and Dead." And that's what it is right now. So you pawned it off on your girlfriend. So when you like need something, you're not gonna like you know try and actually do it yourself. Or you ask your girlfriend to just do. it I for asked you. a professional. Yes, she does this for a living. And she gets, oh really? Yeah, is she's she... an animator, and she does lettering specifically. Oh, wow. She's actually pretty But awesome. we do have someone in mind for it, and we have to talk about that. We should maybe even talk to her afterwards. But we're getting ahead of ourselves. We're here talking yeah. about Bill Shakespeare. Billy Bill... Shakespeare. He is the man of the hour right now. And what, what a man. Billy Shakespeare. What a man. Uh, well, so we have some differing uh, opinions on the research today. Now, when we chose this, I when I suggested... Bill Shakespeare. I suggested it because I thought there was some pretty saucy stuff about. Bill you would think so too. Everyone has heard of Bill Shakespeare. He's like the most famous like playwright or whatever from the what is it like fifteen hundreds I guess. But like still probably one of the most famous people we've tackled so far in our list here. Sure. Sure. Certainly and more famous than Sammy Davis or any of the like. But like I'll say this, I was yeah there was not as much dirt as I was hoping for. It was kind of like just like yeah he wrote some plays. He was rich. Good for him. Like you know. He had a couple oh, of houses. I see, you like, missed something big. That's see, that's why I love your tone. I have some interesting stuff that I do want to get into, but like, I wasn't really getting the deep dirt. So, like, I am really excited by the idea of that. You have some stuff here that I, I skipped okay. over. I do have some stuff. Should we just jump into it? Okay, yeah. Leave me with your number one. Like I said, like you should be leading the list here today. I want to know what got you so excited. Like, for, okay, so take. Well, what did you know before yours? going to Bill Shakespeare? Oh. You just knew that he was the 1500s. What'd you say? Playwright from the 1500s. Yeah. Wrote good, some plays. What else did you know? Yeah, good. A uh, good point to establish the base here first. Um, I think more so than like just like what everyone else knows. He wrote a bunch of plays like Hamlet, like you know, to be or not to be. Um, uh, he had a skull in his hand that he looked at, it, like which I more know because of Billy Madison, which is kind of funny. Um, sure. but um, but yeah, that's more or less it. He just wrote a bunch of plays, lived in England, and that's about it. That's all I really knew about him. Well, I knew about the same as you did, but I did hear 
about something, and they made a movie about it about six years ago. Really? Called Anonymous, where it talks about the fact that Bill Shakespeare may not have written any of his stuff. And that's like, I wasn't too sure, like, we are kind of, we're the gossip column here, so we can talk about this. Like, I did kind of come across that stuff that, like, he may or may not have written everything that he like that he's put out there. If the National Enquirer was back then, it'd be yeah. like, "Did you hear Billy didn't write any of his stuff?" And like, it might be the Lord Earl of of Graves. I forget his name. I think there might be some legitimacy to this, but like, like once you give me your spiel of like, like why you think this is the case or what details you have around this, because I do have some thoughts on the matter. Okay, well, the most predominant theory is the Oxfordian theory of Shakespeare's Oxfordian. authorship. So it contends that Edward de Vere, 17th Earl of Oxford, wrote the plays and poems traditionally people? attributed with William Shakespeare. Now, Aaron, what do we know about William Shakespeare? If you looked about his early life, the man was practically illiterate. He was a... That's the point right there. Like, that is, like, the point is that, like, um, he just didn't know, like, he was, like, very much came from a small English town disappeared for a bit, showed up in London, and then, like, was just was going back and forth between his small, like, town, like, and London. But, like, he was writing, like, you know, plays that had to do a lot about, like, into, like histories of Euro- different European countries. Like, he knew, like, a lot of, like, international topics, a lot of very worldly, like, like you know, stuff was going on in his plays. And yet, like you said, he could, like, his family, for the most part, was illiterate. His dad was uh, a glover, which I didn't even know was a term. I guess people who made gloves were glovers or whatever, which makes me think that Danny Glover's, like, ancestor might have been a glover, which kind of is kind of funny to me. Um, Donald, too. Yeah, Donald Glover, there you go. They could have been glovers once upon a time. A long line of glovers. But either way, it does not really speak of someone who's, like, oh, traveler and saw the world and have a lot of experiences. He just kind of was, like, in this small English village for a bit disappeared for like 10 years and then kind of showed up in london so like he in those t- in, like in those 10 years or his lost years he could have been doing some traveling like it's possible but like most people just think he was just kind of like you know around like the england london area so like the question of like how did this like you know like random like a literary dude from like you know like a random like english town become this like you know the most accomplished and you know prolific you know, english playwright in all of history that seems like, you know, like a bit of like a jump from one to the other. So very well it could be he was just like, you know, a prodigy or st- and stuff like that. But like. Okay, come off it. Let's come off it. There's no such I'm thing as. Saying. There's no such thing as prodigies. Uh, it's all really? influenced by. It's all influenced by privilege. The only prodigies we ever hear from are the ones that are just like, oh, he's a prodigy. We've been giving him piano lessons since he was three. Like, it's like, that's the. Pro- I'm sure there are. There are prodigies. There are people that just inherently pick it up, but they yeah. never become successful, unfortunately. The good God won't allow it. No, it's because they they get crushed under the weight of their own expectations. If you know, if you like make a kid like write plays for twenty hours a day for tw- twenty years, that guy is not gonna. Yeah, he's gonna be burned out. He's, they're gonna yeah. be burned out. Pretty oh yeah, darn quick. that that vi- that kid that picked up a violin at the age of four Oof. and learned how to play concertos, he's gonna get his fingers crushed in machine shop when he's twelve. That's the way it's been our entire lifetimes. See, like, I always felt bad for those kids. Like, why violin? Why make your kid, like, play a classical instrument? Like, there's no chance a six-year-old ever going to want to play the violin. But, like, either Actually, way. Actually, that's not true. Wanna I wanted to play the I wanted to play the fiddle. Really? I wanted to. <laughs> like, you remember from Adam's family? Oh, yeah, no. And... I trust me. I, like, I know how, I know what a fiddle is. And I, I can see you being a fiddler. But, like, wait, what's the difference between a fiddle and a violin? It's the same thing. It's just how you jam it. Oh, it's I just like how that. you freaking jam it because so you're you can be a violinist, but I'd be right. fiddler. 
<laughs> Fiddlers have a lot more fun. They look like they are. Oh, a hundred percent. They're on roofs. It's great. But yeah. this is the thing, like where we were talking about with Bill Shakespeare, Billy Shakespeare, and the fact that uh, he may not have written his stuff because yes, he was a pauper. He was a pauper. He was poor. His father was illiterate. Presumably his kids are illiterate too. He was an actor, which is a low class thing. It's a very low class profession to be an actor. And I'll be first to admit, I know nothing of William Shakespeare's works. Can uh, can we agree on that? That the uh, 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 I, I take that back. I saw the Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio, like the 1999 movie. Sure. So like, sure. I like to think I'm pretty well versed in the works sure. of that's William fair. Shakespeare. Okay, that, that's fair. I also did see O, which is Mackay Pfeiffer and Julia <laughs> yes, Stiles. I saw that, and Josh Hartnett yeah. was in there. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we know a few things. If you, oh my God. okay, one of scratch that. We're pretty knowledgeable about Bill Shakespeare, and none of the things line up with his life. But some of the stories do line up with the uh, Edward De Vere's life, and a lot of uh, I don't know which ones. They go into great detail during the Oxfordian theory that you could find on Wikipedia. You could find it on your local Wikipedia. And everyone knows um, if it's on Wikipedia, it has to be a hundred percent accurate. That that's just I'm, the rules. I'd buy it. Yeah. I'd buy it. I did buy it. And I'm selling <laughs> it right now. Um, so there's that. That's the biggest thing to me is that he probably didn't write any of his work and so that he's a, been getting it for years. He's been so getting you, all the praise for years. You've been buy, you buy into it wholeheartedly that these are not his actual works. You're yes. like, yes, look, and I don't want, I don't want to cross any lines or upset too many people here, but like, I think it might be kind of a Bible situation where it's like, look, like the Bible was probably put together as a bunch of kind of like, oh, here's some like fun stories we could say about like a God kind of type person, make people like do good things instead of bad. And like, same idea, a bunch of people like had a bunch of ideas, but like no one wanted like, you know, like the, I guess the blame or like, I don't know why they would do it, but like, it just speaks like they're like, there's such like a like a vast amount of worldly content based only on 1999's William Shakespeare, uh, Romeo and Juliet, and the movie O. Oh, I know that there's a vast sure. amount of works out there. Sure. So and like, if you've seen Oh Brother Where Art Thou, you know that it's based off of Oh That's the Odyssey. Never mind. Uh, I was that. about to get Scratch really that. excited about that. It. That's We're such gonna a great flip movie. it, reverse it. Ten things I hate about you Ooh, is about really? Taming of the Shrew. Oh. It's from Taming of the Shrew. But th- this all being said, what, uh, another theory about who wrote these, it's a compilation. It's a compilation of different people that he stole works from. Ooh, which so... Which is pretty fun. So, you, oh, because I don't the, know, like... the, the idea that the... the let me just uh, paint you the picture with this, uh, this Earl. Uh, essentially, it's believed that he thought play uh, writing plays was a lowly art form. Yeah. And so what he did is he found this avatar in William Shakespeare, this poor, broke actor, and he was giving him, funneling the works to him so that he could take all the credit in the time and he would just continue making these works. And the one of the reasons why it's believed that to be true is that around 1605 is when uh, this Earl died and when Shakespeare stopped writing any new works. It was like right around that time. But why would the Earl do this? Like, why wouldn't the Earl want any of the credit of all these like amazing plays? Because it's a shame to his family. He's an aristocrat. And to get a lowly job as a playwright was, it was looked down upon. It was looked down upon and it would tarnish their legacy, their family's legacy to have their son be a playwright. Interesting. Isn't it? Isn't it? People got all really mixed up about legacy. People gave too much of a crap about that kind of a thing. They do care too much about legacy. I agree. Yeah, I it's unfortunate. Entirely. You know, honestly, like I said, like just I didn't. I thought it was like more like hearsay and stuff like that. But the more I think about it, yeah, like 
it doesn't add up that Bill wrote all of this stuff like on his own and like he like I don't know. It seems like we almost like DFI him now at this point that like oh he's this like unimpeachable like person and like I don't know like ugh. he like I said he doesn't really seem like he would have the world experiences necessary to do this kind of stuff. So if it was some bigger Earl, that almost seems to make more sense along with maybe a compilation. So like fuck, we maybe we none of us really know who the real Bill Shakespeare is. Maybe that's the lesson to take away from us. We don't really know like what Bill was like. It's true. And to what you just said, that you didn't want to get into the hearsay, I think it should be my next Google session for our next person is going to be their name and hearsay. Because that's <laughs> all I want. I want their hearsay. I love this. The fun fact, the fun thing about this is that it's so unprovable. Mm, that's true. It's so unprovable. Like like the aliens, uh, uh, like uh, extraterrestrials built the pyramids. You know, it's just as likely as anything else to me right now. Wait. Did the aliens build the pyramids? Can we do that on the next show? No, that's too far. <laughs> okay, back. okay, yeah, that's, that's way okay, too okay. far back. We can't do that. What <laughs> what was the biggest thing that you found? What what big juicy tidbit uh, were you able to find? Even though you said you couldn't, I don't. I don't have like things that are, that are like as like juicy, but I do have like some like interesting points. So let's talk about those lost years for a bit. So I'm talking 1587 to 1592. So it's about a 15 year stretch here. Uh, Bill Shakespeare is in his early 20s or so, okay? And no one knows what happened to him for the span of, like, 20 to, like, 30, which is interesting. Those are, like, you would think would be, like, kind of, like, the like the real productive years or whatever of somebody's mm-hmm. life or whatever. Um, we know he got married beforehand. Um, um, he actually got he actually got married um, when he was 18. The girl was 26, I think, or I think I saw. So, like, he actually married up a bit, and she was preggers at the time, too. So that was super frowned upon. They, um... They uh, actually had, like, they didn't even, like, announce it in the normal way. They, like, did, like, a rush-rush announcement, like, whatever. Um, so he, um, he, nothing really illegitimate or anything like that going on. But apparently, you know, he um, got a woman pregnant way before he should have. And that is not, fra- that was not accepted in that time. But um, lost years, how did he, the question is, how did he get from his small hometown over to London? couple of two bigger theories that I saw that happened there. Um, one is that he was getting uh, sued by the local people for deer poaching in the estate of local squire Thomas Lucy. So he, he could have... bastard. Right. He that could, rat bastard. But like you... still, hunting like a deer on someone's estate is enough for you to like flee, like whatever. But like apparently that was enough of a shame and Shakespeare was so pissed off about it that like he took, um, he took revengeance, uh, vengeance on this dude by writing what was a, a very scathing ballad about him. So he was the type of person who held grudges. So if this was like the, what did happen, it was at least enough for him to be pissed off about him to write some sonnet about him or ballad. I don't know the difference well, Things were t- different back then. Things were different. There's an old saying in the West is uh, you, uh, you let the murderer go and you hang the horse thief. Why do you do that? Because that murderer might kill another horse thief. Like, it's just because horse thieves, thieving a horse, or that was thought of as high crime. High crime. Worse than murder, potentially. So deer, hunting deer without a license or without permission? Sure. Sure, Uh, back then. I guess, once again, like, this is 500 years ago or so, so, like, I guess, like, just anything kind of 500 years. Isn't that gross? Oh, yeah. 500 years ago? Almost 500 years ago. And we're still reading this nonsense? Yeah, like once again, like he's some sort of god or whatever. But like they haven't picked up Tom Clancy because mm. he's done it better. Cool. Um, one <laughs> thing I will say though, you mentioned about his wife before. You got some um, stuff on his wife. 
Uh, less about his wife and more about his sexuality. I heard that there was a chance that he might be gay, but like you know, like there was also. I uh, think he is. But he okay. If, if he he, he might have a little bit of like flirtation there, but once again, he did have stuff about like women. So like uh, so like there was like a one thing called dark lady sonnets, um, dressed to a married woman. So it's like oh, he was writing these like kind of like love like like a love sonnet about a married woman. So like if anything, he could be bi. I think that's more likely the thing. But like it was all just kept hush hush. But no, why no, do you no. think he, he was gay? Give me the gay. Because give me the gay. Like reason. I'm, I'm just gonna say it flat out. I think him, him, and Edward Devere were fucking. He was giving him the sonnets afterwards as payment, Ooh. as payment. Ooh, and th- I believe that he was a a bachelor for life. This William Devere, and also he got her pregnant. He married her, and she was already pregnant. I'm gonna say she's a beard. She found a guy at 18 to 26, very strange relationship. She found uh, she found a guy that would take her in. They'd say that it was his baby. And then she could do whatever she'd want. She had several kids and he would raise them as his own just to lay off. He was in theater, Aaron. He was in theater. He was an actor in theater. Back then, all the men dressed up in women's roles. They were making out with each other. That's true. That's true. Which is kind of funny too, because they apparently the plays got rowdy and they would just like throw stuff. But like, yeah, women could not play like women roles, like whatever. Um, which I... Uh... I don't know. I, I, his idea. So, like, you think he was the beard for the dude that was also writing like the plays or whatever? No, no. He was the lover of the re- person writing plays. The right. lover, the the person writing plays, was just like, oh, we're we're having such good fuck time here. Take these sonnets. Take these plays. You do what you want with them because I can't do anything with them. They're forbidden from my family to ever see the light of day. But under you. And that's how they kept the relationship for years. He was making this, uh, making a living, being a playwright, living this fake life with his wife, who was having birth to all these kids. And uh, even the marriage, like you said, was so strange. He was 18, she was 26, and she was already pregnant. I think she's just, he's just like, listen, we both got a problem. I like that. I like that. I like that. And once again, you can't like, yeah. And that makes just so much sense. It had to be like a rush thing. There's nothing about like, by the way, the wife's name, Anne Hathaway. He was married to Anne Hathaway, uh, which is kind of funny. Um, Which what a crazy world! What if Anne Hathaway is like a time traveler? Do we do we know that for a fact? Do we have a picture of Anne Hathaway, his wife? Because because, oh, that's another thing. That's another thing. They don't know necessarily what he looks like because apparently that was a point of contention too. That was a point of contention there that they're not sure which portrait actually looks like him because some look make him look very gaunt, some make him look pretty chubby. Um, but yeah, that's a, that's a pretty much all the dirt that I got. I also found that he may have smoked weed. Oh, I did not get that at all. I had no like, like give me give me what you got in the weed. Give me what you got in the weed. Oh, where did I put that weed thing? Oh, weed. Where are you? Where are you, weed? Well, we're going to have to get back to the weed. Oh, okay, never mind. Okay, I want sure. I want to follow up on your point about the beard because something that I, I'm just realizing, one point in my research actually I think backs that up. Okay. What? So, okay, um, let's talk about his will. So um, did you hear later about his will at all? No. So he shortchanged the fuck out of his wife. Oh, <laughs> because there was no actual romantic dog. relationship in it so get oh. this get this his will uh bequest to his sister joan and her children 
Um, so his sister, his nieces and nephews, he gave stuff. His daughter Judith, he gave stuff. His uh, Judith's daughter, so his granddaughter Elizabeth got stuff. Also, he never actually had any descendants. Elizabeth was his only grandchild, and she didn't have any kids, and so like the line just ended there. But might not have been actually his kids. Who knows? Um, uh, and the poor of Strat. So he gave money to his niece, nephews, daughter, sister, granddaughter. The poor of his hometown, as well as money for his fellow actors, Richard, John, and Henry, to buy memorial oh, rings. Oh, Richard, John, and Henry? Oh, yeah. okay. I'm just, who he, so they could buy memorial rings for him. Okay, another thing. And then the remainder of his estate, including the new place or his, like, big house, whatever, went to his daughter, Susanna, and her husband. So I just listed off a lot of people, including just, like, the random poor, which is great that he gave, like, money to, like, the poor people of his town. But notice I did not mention the wife's name anywhere in that paragraph. Um, what he did give to her, um, what do you think he gave to her? What did he give to her? What, he gave what did he, he give to his secret. wife? What's that? What did he give to his wife in his will? Um, he didn't give any money. Mm-hmm. I think he gave debt. Oh, he left her, his debt <laughs> to her. Um, he gave his deathbed. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> like the literal bed he died on? I, the quote is, I give unto my wife, and this is all horribly misspelled. Apparently he was a terrible speller too. Um, That's I, another thing. <laughs> another thing that he didn't write his actual plays. Oh, this is juicy. Take back my earlier thing. This is fun and juicy. I'm, I'm into this. He's um, a I He's give... A- I give unto my wife, and give is spelled G-Y-V-E, wife is spelled W-I-E-F, my second best bed with the furniture. Uh, So, a couple things here. Um, My second best bed? So the second best bed was a common phrase back in the day, because apparently your best bed was reserved for guests. The guests got the best bed, but in the normal bed that you slept in with theoretically your wife, and the same bed that he died in, was the second best bed of the house. And the furniture is just the bedclothes. So like like kind of the comforter that goes on top. So like, hey, wife, you get to keep the bed we've been sleeping in, the bed that I just died in, and like, you know, the comforter and stuff. So you but can first have a- you got a big sh- you got a big chore to take care of. There's something in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> just take care of my body and all this stuff. Just roll me out of here and then the, the bed, bed's yours. You gotta do something with the body first. And oh, keep in mind, man. like the estate, the house, everything else except for the bed went to his daughter and his family. The wife was just specifically given only the bed. So, like, presumably, like, the daughters probably let the wife stay in the house or, like, you know, like, because she just lived on for another seven years. But, like, they could have kicked her to the curb very easily and, like, she just could have had a bed and that was about, would have been about it. So, you know, he did not go out of his way to make sure she was well taken care of after his death. So, you know, another, like, strike and that, like, he probably didn't give as much two shits about her as he probably could have as a normal husband would have for a surviving spouse. What a what a Billy Shakespeare what a, what a, a Shakespearean like tale of treachery coming right. from Shakespeare and here's a, here's the pot smoking thing I'm Ooh. gonna just read you the headline uh, as once you get in the story they try to debunk it which is not fun like why try to debunk it you know why tell Come me on, something yeah. juicy I the headline think is did, the headline is did Shakespeare smoke pot tobacco pipes in the bard's backyard may re- may retain traces of cannabis. But some historians remain skeptical. So the thing is, they found his pipe. It had cannabis in there. And he, he did talk a lot about a, fl- uh, uh, a fiery flower and that uh, people alluded to a, uh, being a smoker at night. So Wait. I'm going to say he was lighting up. 
was pot a thing in the 1500s? Do we know, like, when did yeah. pot start coming up? Like, that was around? Well, George Washington definitely had a pot farm. Really? Get out of here. Yeah, he grew weed. Huh. Hemp. It was hemp, but oh, people smoked sure. it. Interesting. I like. I really don't know that. Like, I have like no idea. Like, when that actually first started coming about. Like, it makes sense. Oh. You know, he was like, you know, in the theater troops, and you know how those theater folks get. They like their weed. They do. One one what I found out, and What's uh, this is completely off topic, but um, that the reason that we probably evolved faster than other apes mm-hmm. is because we probably were eating psychosyllabin mushrooms, we and were we were just... probably eating shrooms that helped evolve our brain faster. Oh shit. Does that Isn't mean, that like, freaking nuts? So by logic, if I'd start taking more shrooms, I would just get smarter and evolve into it, like you know, a better version of myself. Is that correct? If I had a soundboard, I would put down "That's a bingo" <laughs> in the Christoph Waltz voice. Yeah, I don't know it. That's a bingo. That's uh-huh. I love Christoph Waltz. He's always a delight. We're gonna get a soundboard next week. Okay. Um, I, one more like I got another story here that I want to go into. This is not exactly about Bill Shakespeare, but it's because of his Bill Shakespeare, and I feel like it's just really interesting. Kind of like this is the ultimate case of like a fanboy fanboying way too hard and almost having disastrous ecological like you know results uh, as a whole. Oh, I'm uh, ready for it. Okay, so I'm going to talk a little about about a man named Eugene. Uh, Scheiflin, Scheiflin, uh, good old Eugene here. He is a German American, um, from New York. Um, and he is, this is all that took place in about 1890. So this is a little bit more recent. So Shakespeare has been in the ground about 300 years at this point. Eugene, uh, lives, uh, in, lives in New York and just was a huge, huge Shakespeare fan. And, you know, he wanted to bring a bit of Shakespeare, back with him uh, into New York, um, just in a very interesting fashion. So get this. <laughs> um, he uh, he wanted to see if he could bring uh, essentially all the native species or all the animals that appeared in William Shakespeare's plays into New York and America. So, uh, so naturally... Uh, one of the things that he brought over was a a sterling. Um, so he wanted, you know, he wanted America to be the home of each bird species featured in all of the works of the bard. And the sterling was actually just really kind of like a one-off line. The starling appears, starling, not sterling, <laughs> starling appears only in one line in all of Shakespeare in a play, Henry IV, uh, part one. He, like, this is the line. This is the reason that Good old Eugene wanted to bring starlings over from England over to New York. He essentially said, Nay, I'll have a starling shall be taught to speak nothing but Mortimer and give him give it to him to keep his anger still in motion. So Shakespeare or somebody wrote one throwaway line in one play out of like hundreds about I'll teach this one bird to talk a bunch to annoy some dude. Complete random throwaway line, but Eugene's like, no, gotta have the starling, gotta have it in New York. We gotta bring a bit of Shakespeare over. Um, Eugene's doing it all wrong. <laughs> Eugene's doing it all wrong. If like, why would this find... be a thing? Why would this be a thing to import random species of animals, especially just one line? It's not like he had to play about them or he was fans of these birds. There was one throwaway line in his play, but this is what. This is what 1800s OCD looked like, Aaron. 
This is what it was. And he picked the wrong Arthur. If you're going to have an author and trying to get all their animals in one spot, you do, you go Dr. Seuss. That's a challenge. Like, you're going to find English animals. Oh, fine. They'll be, they'll be fine here. Half of them are already here anyway. You're not really doing much. you got to find something really uh, cuckoo crazy, you know? Like, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. That's the type of animals that we want here. Wait, what, what, what animals from Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? Aliens. Oh. Yeah, I could go. They're an animal. That'll be that'll be a little bit more interesting. Either way, Eugene brought over a hundred of these little starlings. I have no idea what they even oh, look like. Um, and essentially, they started breeding like crazy. Um, they um, outcompeted the local fauna for food and habitat. They started kicking other birds out of their homes. They started eating every all the food and stuff like that. And essentially, they are now officially labeled as a pest. And they are now one of, in current days, they are one of only three birds in the entire United States that are not afforded any protections whatsoever. That means people just need, can be killing them, like go after them, do what you got to do. Um, they are in the same category as sparrows and pigeons. Apparently those are also like way too yeah. common and too, but those like a, poor pigeons, yeah. poor pigeons. Do you know the plight of the pigeon? These Ooh. poor pigeons were bred to just follow us around, to find us. They were messenger pigeons. So we, oh. we, we bred them to fly to one place, find us. Then we'd give them food and send them off again. And now it's so in their DNA to go to huddled, uh, uh, human spaces and just search for help. Just like give a give me a project. So now that's their what they're inherently wanting Aww. to do, and we shun them like rats. We throw things at. It's, it's they were like sad. the toy that we liked. Like if the human species, it's like the human species had a toy that we liked growing up, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, now we have cell phones and like you know telegrams and all this other stuff. Way of texting each other. So like, sorry pigeons, you got to go to the wayside. And now they're just like. Bacon for scraps, and we're like, no, we don't care about you. We we replaced you, so oh, I didn't what know about that pigeons. But yeah, either way, existence. Eugene gave us essentially a new pigeon in the United States, and they're still around everywhere. So if you see a starling, I have no idea what they look like, but just know that Eugene fucked up and probably killed some other birds along the way because of it. All because of a stupid Shakespeare line. So there you go. Wow. Uh, why don't I? Uh, I wouldn't recommend going killing a starling, but if you feel like it, you're allowed to. So why don't yeah. I? Th- thanks a lot. Thanks a lot, Eugene. One other thing. Thanks a lot. One other thing that I think is kind of interesting that I do want to mention too. The other one that I found is that apparently his uh, his grave is cursed. He yeah, he cursed it. (laughs) You saw that. (laughs) He cursed it. He uh, put a curse on his grave. Let's see if uh, want me to read it or do you have it? Uh, I got it here. I I tried. I just tried. I tried reciting the like the the thing in like the the poem whatever, and I think I butchered that. I'm not a good reciter. Please, you're the actor here. Please yeah, enunciate the curse. Make it official. Give me a Shakespeare reading of his curse. Good friend, for Jesus' sake forbear to dig the dust enclosed here. Blessed he the man that spares these stones and cursed be he that moves my bones. Woo! That's nice. <laughs> Hell I, got, yeah. I got a little chills. I got a, I got a little chill there. I got a, I got... That's pretty damn good. Honestly, that is the best thing to put on a, ca- a tombstone. I can't like I used to be go with the uh, Royal Tenenbaum uh, tombstone where like uh, heroically saved his family from the wreckage of a burning ship. Just a complete lie. Just say a complete lie <laughs> on your tombstone. Idea. I love but it. But the idea of having a curse to anyone that dare touch it because. You know what they do with tombstones for the regular people. Not the Shakespeare's, but the regular people. Oh, they move them around. They're like, yeah, they pick up the bones, they move them, or they toss them out or whatever. They, they, they All the time. Them. All the time. They, but he's never getting moved because of that. And I think that's a brilliant idea. So, like, call me crazy, but, like, one, 
after reading this, it actually makes me want to move his bones more than I ever would have before. Like, I'm kind of curious to see, like, what a curse from Shakespeare looks like. And to sure. quick quick follow-up on that, do you sure. think it's kind of like a scenario in, the like, The Mummy 1 with Brendan Fraser, or, like, like, oh, what if, like, we move his bones, and, like, what if I take, like, you know, his pinky finger, like, with me as a souvenir, then it's, like, then, like, a demon version of William Shakespeare becomes, like, res- like animated or whatever, and he has to, like, hunt the people down who, like, opened his thing, and then he can get all of his William Shakespeare powers, like, back, and then take sure. over the world, presumably? Like, do you think, I guess my question to you is, if I were to take a piece of his rotting corpse or, you know, like, a bone, a fun souvenir, who wouldn't want to have a fun souvenir? If I sure, were to sure. take a fun su- like, a souvenir of his bones... Do you think he would reanimate himself like as a ghost and come back and physically try and haunt me and murder me? What, do you, th- you know, there's definitely that possibility. You're running that type of risk when you take his bones, Aaron. But that being said, I'd probably assume that that finger would end if you take a, a pinky, let's say, yeah. and put it around your neck. That pinky would slowly absorb into your skin and you <gasps> would become Bill Shakespeare. And I'm not going to say that you're going to become Bill Shakespeare like, oh, he's just going to be your soul still in there. Your soul's still in there, so it would be a constant fight. I would assume. This is just me assuming, you know. But there'd be a constant fight, struggle. You ever see Idle Hands with Seth, Ro- yes. uh, Seth Green? It's going to yeah. be something like that, where where one hand's going to be operating. It's going to be Aaron. And it's going to be an Aaron hand. And then there's going to be a, a Shakespeare ruling the roost. You're going to be a hand. It would be really, really funny if somebody wholly bought into this theory. It's like, you know what? I want Bill Shakespeare's hand. If I can attach it to my body, then it'll start writing plays and like I'll be like the new Shakespeare or whatever. But that's the case. But he never actually wrote in the plays. What if it's the case that, you know, it was just like, you know, his gay lover or whatever who was actually writing most of this stuff. So like the dude who reattaches William Shakespeare's hand, turns out his hand doesn't know how to write shit. So like all he gets starts writing instead of a bunch of kind of like mismatched words that are, are like, you know, don't make sense because he couldn't really read or write that well. And like the dude like essentially spent like millions of dollars trying to like, you know, you know, uh, find William Shakespeare's hand, attach it to his body, and all of a sudden, like, after all of that work, he just, like, starts, like, writing, like, like complete garbage. So, like, I think that's what I want just to happen. children's work? He starts yeah. writing, writing, like, Tucker Carlson dialogue. <laughs> he starts right, yeah. writing some real evil, real stupid evil shit. Some dumb, like, you know, Kieran Ann, like, sh- like, shitty, like, conspiracy He's QAnon! Oh my god, what if that's the He's case? He's Q. What if that's Shakespeare's the Shakespeare's Q. Oh. Someone robbed the grave, took, took Bill Shakespeare, what's Bill, Bill, Sha- William Shakespeare's middle name is Quinton. William Quinton Shakespeare. That, that seals it. That has to seal it then. Shit. It makes sense. Shit. It wasn't him. And it was like the dude was trying to do it so he could be like, oh, I want like, you know, like once again, like scribe these like amazing things. But it's like all you get are shitty conspiracies about like Pizzagate and shit like that. So like, here you go. So like, maybe we, maybe we have to blame. He, that's why he keeps misspelling libtard. Oh my god! That's, that's 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 where it's coming from. Bill Shakespeare He's... made up all kinds of words and all that stuff, and then never. Oh my god! This makes too much sense now. Bill Shakespeare is exactly is the only is the sole person to blame for all of the well for for QAnon and for our slide into like you know like into like the like the all right territory that like our country has been plagued with like unfortunately like recently and stuff like and, that. And which is a huge part of our fan base. We love you, QAnon. Get help. Get help, please. We love you. Please get help. We want them to get help. I want them to get help, but like, do like, do I care about them as part of the fan base? They're I mean, our fan base. We want them to eventually give us money. 
that's true. Like a dollar from them is a dollar as good as anyone else. But like, I don't want to pander. But I will. I will take their money. But I don't want to pander to them. I don't want to. I just want to like. No, 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 no. We won't pander. You're right. We we won't pander. But we do love you. Please don't leave us. We want you to get help. Please don't leave us. See, that's fair. Please don't leave us. But we want you to get help. I think we covered the basis. We get the money. They get help. I think that's a win-win scenario. A hundred percent. Thank you so much uh, for all our listeners. We don't Uh, have to thank you. I think the only way to do this, the only way to fix this, Aaron, and I think we both know, we got to go steal William Shakespeare's other hand. Um, Because if he took his right hand, that does William Shakespeare's work. We all know the left hand does the devil's work. Or what about this? If we buy into the idea that William Shakespeare is secretly hunt QAnon and it's his right hand doing it, therefore he's publishing works that are like helping the alt-right cause, what if like the left hand is actually super liberal and it's actually like, Mm -hmm. what if that's like the voice of like our like generation that we have to like, oh, we're going to like, you know, draft a whole new constitution. The left hand of William Shakespeare is going to be, is what we need to draft the Green New Deal. Like this is what we, we need to find that left hand. The, uh, the what you just said made it very clear to me that the left hand has already been taken by Greta Thunberg. Thunberg. <laughs> she's got the left hand, and she's been. She was. She's literally the embodiment. What they did is they put a spell on that left hand, and it grew into Greta. That is Greta. Oh. Greta is a jot. Is is grown up William Shakespeare's left hand. Is plenty of technology that advanced? Do we know? Let's let's make sure. Let's not get too crazy. Can we be sure that cloning <laughs> technology is advanced enough that Greta Thornburg could have been produced from William Shakespeare's decaying left hand? This is this is a good question. Let's ask some of our fans out there because we have a lot of fans in the science community and the conspiracy QAnon community. Is Greta Thornburg uh, William Shakespeare's <laughs> hand? And if 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 so, how how did that happen? Um, so it's the science there. It's the science because, like, the theory is there. I think it makes sense. The dots we can draw from one to another. It adds up. I just can we just get some science person just to say that, that the science works. And if so, then let's run with this. And you know, let's go. Let's tell Congress. Let's tell the people. The people deserve to know. Red. They deserve to know. They deserve to know. Well, one what we're gonna do. We're gonna let you know some fun facts about uh, Bill Shakespeare. You want to hear some? Give me a lightning, lightning style. Lay it on me. Okay, Shakespeare's father held a lot of different jobs and at one point got paid to drink beer. Yeah, an ale taster, as they called him. Kind of like job. Ale taster. I would would not have mind that. Um, Shakespeare's parents were probably illiterate and his children almost certainly were. I love how that's labeled. (laughs) Yeah, and I don't get that part too. Like, why wouldn't he at least try to make his, like, I can understand the parents. Like, yeah, he was a Glover ale taster. Like, probably not like, you know, like reader writer or whatever, but like, why not teach your kids? Why would like this, like, even if he didn't write the plays, presumably he must have known something about reading and writing from like acting because he had to read the scripts. If he was like acting and stuff, he had to read their scripts. So like, why not teach his kids that? Well, apparently his daughter, Susanna, uh, maybe knew how to scrawl her signature. So there's that. Like she, she could draw a scribbly line. Good for her. Mm-hmm. But like, I'm sorry. Like, why did Shakespeare teach your kids how to read and write? It's the bare minimum here. Come on. And uh, I think we already went over this a little bit before, but uh, this is the fact. We probably don't spell Shakespeare's name correctly, but then again, neither did he. <laughs> and so yeah. uh, we know that he spelled his name a numerous amount, uh, a numerous different ways uh, from forgetting the A in uh, peer to forgetting the E in shake. Uh, to forgetting all the vowels and looking like Willem Shukpa. There is no way this dude wrote all of his plays. Okay, I'm sorry. I was, like, on the fence before, and, like, the more we've talked it through, I am wholly on the board that, like, he was a front. He was a puppet for either a bunch of people or his lover. Um, Yeah. 
I, I don't like because I did catch that. I caught the thing that like he never spelled his name like like correctly the right way, or he kept changing it. Like, dude was all over the place, and certainly I don't know, maybe. And yeah, I don't. I, I and, just don't think. I just don't think he had. It, he had what it took. It just wasn't no. him. We all know he's a fraud. Uh, his hands are being used for both good and evil. Uh, and uh, uh, he was his gay lover was the person who wrote. Oh, okay. Wrote the items. Maybe maybe one more theory I'll put out there. So because like it's hard for me to reconcile the fact that he didn't write these plays and yet his two hands are now like active in our de- modern day society, influencing stuff. And like how can that be the case if he was a fraud? But but what if what if he sold his soul to the devil or whatever, like for the ability to be incredibly like verbose like whatever like so that would explain so that would like invalidate the whole it was a bunch of people or was his gay lover or whatever so but you're it- saying he sold his soul to the gay devil well and sure to a, to a devil or i'd a imagine devil. because i'd you imagine think the devil's I'd gay imagine. i think the devil's totally pansexual i think the devil's omnisexual no that's what i'm saying like- the devil I think that yeah, first I, of all, I don't think the devil is like one gender either, like whatever. I think like the like I think they're like all over the all over the both like the gender and sexuality spectrums. Like I'll say that, but like and I think they're pretty chill. I think the devil's probably pretty chill, not as uptight as God. But I guarantee you, he must have like maybe when he was like fleeing, like you know, from being persecuted for like hunting deer and stuff. That that is like, oh shit, my life's over. You know what, devil? I just want to be like super famous. Like I'll give you my soul. And the devil's like, look, okay, sure, dude, I'll give you like all this like like random like knowledge or like he won't even he, like he probably didn't even know what he was writing. The devil's just like, look, just like you know, close the like the the shades in your apartment, uh, pour yourself a glass of wine, and then let the hands do the rest. So I think that his hands are possessed by the devil and we are now using those hands for both good and evil purposes in modern day society. Hot. That's Hot. my take. Into it. Into <laughs> it. Now his hands roam the earth as Tucker Carlson and Greta Thornburg. Oh li- yeah. And I like to think that they even after Greta and Tucker like die that those hands will like be reanimated. Like those hands are now a fixture and like human like you know like history throughout all of time. They're going to compete like they're going to just like hop from like it's like almost like they're like a virus or like a parasite they're hopping from one host to another so like Greta and Turk- Tucker are just the current host but then they are going to find some new ones in the future and uh, essentially the devil is going to just keep like shaping human history which I guess the devil already has been doing that but like actively through the reanimation reanimation of William Shakespeare's hands and oh boy and something and something to say uh you know like there's someone's going to make a lot of money off of this concept, Aaron, and I hope that we're able to capitalize it and it could be us. But I've got one more fact for you that literally just proves that the dude's gay. Shakespeare wore a gold hoop earring. That's oh, yeah, I saw that too. Like, oh, so, like, I don't think wait, there's wait. any... Uh, 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 wait, wait, I wanted to see, because I did see a picture of it. Which ear? Because, right, isn't it like, if it's like... Isn't it the gay rules? rights! The gay, gay rights oh i never saw that phrase it's okay yeah i thought if you were straight it was on the left side if you were gay it was on the right side but a gay rights oh, i like that that's a nice little thing and yeah. that's sweet and that cute but do we know which ear he had it on uh, it's the right ear it's gotta be <laughs> <laughs> it's gotta be and we support all our uh, lgbtq friends out there um yes. especially our hero bill shakespeare our old lgbtq Look, hero bill shakespeare i am sorry i'm not in the business of like you know just like you know like i'm not gonna say it was his right ear just because we wanted to be we should find... oh, it's 100 percent his right ear i'm gonna say it right now i'm gonna say it loud and proud okay right quick google image search i see images of it on both his right and left ear the left ear is just a mirrored one that's that's a mistake that's that's them taking a selfie that's the issue 
That's uh, that's how they did some of the portraits back then, that they looked at the person next to them and drew it, you know, mm. like you would a selfie. It's an old art. But Aaron, let's get to this ranking system because we still have it. This is going to be our first time having it in here. That's right. We have to give him a grade. And this actually, I was, I feel like I'm very like close to where like I know exactly the grade I want to give roughly to people. But like, I am not entirely sure about William Shakespeare because like we don't really know like who the real Shakespeare is. Like we have ideas. We think we have pretty like good guesses. But like, like to say for certain whether or not he was a good, like, you know, like A plus B, C, that's a tougher, tougher call. I think he's right in there with Sammy Davis Jr. And according to some people, Sammy Davis Jr. sold his soul to the devil to be a singer. Um, We talked a little bit about that in our Sammy Davis Jr. episode. Go check out the archives for that. Um, I'm going to say he's a C. I'll go C plus on him. I feel like he's right. I think I agree with you. I think because due to like lack of like kind of like anything firm, we have to put him in the middle ground territory. I will say right now we have Sammy Davis at B minus and Beethoven at a C. So I kind of want to slide Shakespeare right in between the two as a C plus. Like, like, oh yeah, I would say like yeah, I would say like Beethoven did some kind of like shady shit. Where it's like we don't have like anything like really explicitly that he was doing some shady shit. But like at the same time, like yeah, he wasn't really doing anything that great. Although yeah. he did leave his home for the poor in his will. Okay, you know what? Because of that, I almost want to give him. We had Sammy Davis at a B minus. I think that's what bumps him up to C plus is that he left his home to the the poor because also beethoven uh, uh beethoven was good even though overprotective uh uh uncle was very good uncle he, well not very good uncle. no he no no he was not uncle. a good uncle he wanted to be so hard and so fast be a good uncle he's like, like the dude from a place of men like you know he just like wanted to hug him so much but like, he just ended up murdering him exactly or okay exactly and he also stiffed his wife so you know, let's get yeah, a C plus. I think yeah, is fair. She was a beard for him for so long, you know, gave him three. Yeah, kids, she like, she know? bearded so hard for him and for him not to leave anything to his beard. That's a shame. Yeah, sure. He's an LGBTQ rights hero. But does that make him uh, a B minus? Does that make him Sammy Davis Jr.? I don't think so, Aaron. All right. I'm with you. Willie shakes. He's a C plus in our book, right in the middle of the center of purgatory in terms Excellent. of our rankings. I think we're making some really good. We're doing some really good stuff here. And I and one of what the biggest thing that we have to do with any podcast, Aaron, is give value. We have yeah. to present value. And I think this show presents enough value as uh gossip monger fact truthers. That's true. Um, that we are. We're going through um, the dirt. We're slinging it back and forth. We're seeing what sticks on the wall. It might not all stick. It might not even be mud that we're flinging. Who knows? But we're throwing stuff out there. And we, we know it's sticky. It's very sticky, and these things are very. We wouldn't sticky, we wouldn't fling it unless it wasn't sticky. That's just nope, no, that, that's, that's a general rule of life. Don't throw it unless that, it's that's sticks. a lifestyles of the rich and dead guarantee. Mm-hmm. If you ask me, uh, we're throwing sticky shit for sure. <laughs> um, but uh, do we want to have a proper sign off? Do we want to do a proper sign off here? I don't even know what that looks like or is. You're... Just like this is a uh, lifestyles of the rich and dead. Uh, make sure to follow us online if we have an online thing at that point. See, you got it. You got it down. You, you just see his face right now. Red has like a really nervous face. So, like he's like unsure about this, but like you did good. You did good. Brad. Thanks. My name is Red Jefferson. I'm here with Aaron Coyle. Bye. Okay, bye. Bye. See, that was perfect. Let's uh, end at the same time. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. And this has been Lifestyles of the Rich and Dead with Aaron Coyle and Red Jefferson. Please like, follow, subscribe, and follow us on Instagram at Lot Rad Podcast. <laughs>